Hi, Bouncers. It's Amy. This week, we have a bonus episode for you from our 2020 Teachathon, which discusses dealing with sensitive cultural issues in the classroom. This discussion was presented by Julie Butters, who you might remember from episode six, and Emma McCarthy. In it, they discuss a 2015 study that Emma was involved in regarding this topic. They introduce the theory behind teachers' attitudes towards dealing with sensitive issues in the classroom and give some practical examples of incorporating social justice issues in the classroom to promote transformative learning. You can also watch the video of this presentation on our YouTube channel, which includes a beautiful uh, PowerPoint presentation that accompanied the discussion. I will put a link to the video on our episode notes. Mel and I both found this a very interesting and important topic, so we hope that you enjoy it. Check back with us next week, and we will have a brand new episode of Talk to Us at Bounce English. You're the best. Go for it. You're ready. Okay, so first of all, hello from Ireland, um, and a huge thank you to Bounce English. Um, Melanie and Amy for this event. Um, a fantastic inclusive event because it's for teachers and students, we don't often get that and it's a community event because of the charities that are involved as well so thank you very much for that. I'm Julie. I'm Emma. Hi. So we're going to be talking to you about dealing with sensitive cultural issues in the classroom to enhance intercultural sensitivity but ultimately what we're talking about is really um, what is termed transformative learning. So I am going to talk about the theory bit. Um, so I'm going to be talking about um, a research project that I did for my MA dissertation in King's, along with many more of you, um, exploring teachers' attitudes towards dealing with sensitive issues in the classroom. Um, I'm going to be talking about how Emma's project actually inspired what I did in the classroom um, and looking at practical examples of transformative learning and incorporating social justice issues in the classroom. So, okay. so this project that I did was actually in 2015 um, and it was focused on current affairs of the day um, in many ways. So in loads of ways, it's outdated now. Um, at the time, the issues being talked about were things like Islamophobia, not that that's gone or anything, but um, the issues that we're dealing with at the moment um, like for instance Black Lives Matter just seem so important at the moment and I think they're impossible to ignore in, in the classroom um, and I think it's really important that teachers are equipped to deal with them in a kind of a sensitive way and to be able to approach them in a sensitive way. So I've just brought up here um, a few issues that have come up over the last few years um, that I would say are, can be difficult to avoid um, so maybe as we're going through this, you can just reflect a little bit on how these potentially sensitive social justice issues um, are approached or have been approached in your language classroom, if at all. And what you'll see central to this that I think as well as uh, the, the fundamental is that um, equipping teachers with dealing with these uh, topics, I think is very much um, an issue that Emma will explore. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so first of all, going into the, the background a little bit, the theoretical framework. Um, so the research question that I started with was how do teachers approach 
politically and culturally sensitive issues in multilingual classrooms. So I did um, a study investigating teachers' beliefs. I did some semi-structured interviews um, with experienced English language teachers. It was a form of narrative inquiry, which is basically conversation. Um, and the key thing really was, it was that it was language classrooms for adults and that those classes had no specific content. So it was kind of general English type classes. And that's where there's the opportunity. Exactly, there's that you know, space. We yeah. have that in English language teaching, but there's not necessarily the specific content. It's kind of, it can be negotiated. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, as, as I mentioned previously, it was conducted in 2015. Um, so when I started looking into this and when I started with, you know, with the literature review um, and looking at the evidence that there was, what, what my kind of initial idea was um, as, a as a manager and a teacher educator was to look for ways to support other teachers in dealing with um, sensitive issues and current affairs in the classroom. Um, and I was hoping to find kind of strategies and tools to kind of equip them. But actually what I found, and maybe it's not that surprising, is that there was actually very little evidence because very little research, particularly in the English language teaching context, had been done into this area. Um, and when I went back to look at the kind of the, the um, teacher education books that um, we all used when we started our careers in teaching, um, there was barely any reference to mm. it at most kind of one line saying just avoid mm. avoid any controversy avoid anything sensitive i think um, over the 18 years i've been teaching i very rarely have conversations around it actually and i, I know i'm very institutionalizing to like avoid you've got to avoid even, even today i still feel like that yeah i think yeah. we all are really um but then advocates of critical pedagogy would say you know that not necessarily that these things can't be avoided, but there's, that there's no such thing as neutral education. So your, that education either functions as an instrument to bring about conformity or freedom, mm. and it's kind of one or the other, and that might be a bit heavy right now, but I think that kind of gets back to what we're talking yeah. about a little it's, bit, that avoiding is a kind of silencing in some ways. Yeah, and that, because this is, it's not, this is not something simple, this is, you know, it's taken time, I'm at the start of this journey of learning about this, so it's exploring what does a neutral education actually practically look like, um, and so how does that lead to conformity and what does that mean, um, and I suppose by not discussing and looking at topics critically, you're then, we're not progressing, so that for me is what that kind of conformity means. Yeah. Um, that said, though, there are, of course, some kind of registered and researched benefits of, um, of, of approaching these kind of issues. Um, and again, you know, in critical pedagogy, they would say that language teaching is an opportunity for driving real so social change and a means of counteract counteracting ethnocentrism, um, which would in include racism and, and other areas as well. Um, <clears throat> And of course, things that are you kind of intuitively know that they can be good for motivation, that it leads to deeper in, in engagement and, and fuller self-investment. So there is some evidence of the positive benefits of it. Um, so just going back a little bit to my research questions. Um, so I looked at what topics teachers consider sensitive, um, their attitudes towards sensitive issues, what strategies they used to handle these issues, and the implications from a teacher education perspective. So I'll just go through these areas briefly now. Yeah, and I think that actually these um, questions really cover 
what needs to be included in teacher education um, programs? Because these, these are the questions I know that I have, and I think those questions do cover a lot of mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So in terms of the topics that teachers considered sensitive, you might, you might or might not recognize these, um, and you may wonder why I suddenly have a picture of parsnips up there. And now I do love a parsnip, I've got to say, chicken, chicken and parsnips, um, <laughs> but this is a very different context that we're talking about here. So you may or may not know that parsnips is an acronym used within the publishing world, so within the ELT publishing world, of um, topics to avoid in course books. Um, to make course books globalized and um, in some ways inclusive as well. So first P is of course politics, then we've got alcohol, religion, sex and sexuality yeah. are put into one category, uh, narcotics and the last, can you, can you remember? isms is the next thing so belief systems really i think that's what that goes down to but also one. things like racism and the last one is pork um so as i said this is these are this is um an acronym that's used in publishing it's nothing kind of research-based or anything like that it's just general guidelines that are often used by publishers when they're trying to sell books to a global audience um, and they just say to not touch these topics at all, which is one thing for course books. But I guess the question is, what are the implications of this sanitization of course books creeping into classrooms? And I think it, like there is a, there's a need to be aware that we are aware that there's certain contexts where you can't, you know, and in the context you're teaching and where books are sold, that these topics can't be within those materials and they're not allowed. So I think what we're considering is where you can, or where you feel that you can, um, and where where is a safe place to bring these topics. We're not saying that obviously yes, these can these. Um, That's not that they should be in course books necessarily, but what does that mean for classrooms? Yeah. Um, because what I did find from my interviews was that going back to the topics, that these are the topics that teachers themselves often cited as the ones to avoid in classrooms maybe not so much pork. I mean, whoever is going to be offended by a mention of pork, but the other topics were definitely things that were mentioned by teachers as things that they do tend mm. to avoid. Um, so the next question then related to teachers' attitudes and the overwhelming and really, to my mind, shocking um, attitude that was uncovered from the teachers was one of fear. And it was a real strong, emotive, visceral sense of fear. Um, and there were legitimate fears because, as Julie said, you know, it is, it's, it's a difficult topic and they can be difficult things. And there were often well-meaning fears as well. So, for instance, the teachers had awareness of being, I don't like using the word politically correct, politically correct, but I think that was kind of what they were getting at, that they were afraid of um, coming across as being ethnocentric. Um, that they were kind of coming across as the, the people who knew and that they were, you know, teaching the rest of the world. Yeah. So that was, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's not that it's um, not a legitimate concern, it is, but it was one of the things that stopped them. Um, they were also afraid of students causing offence, of students offending each other. Um, they were afraid of conflict and tension in the classroom. Which again, is fair enough, we don't want that. We want our classrooms to be safe spaces and we want them to be open. 
And they were also afraid of letting go of their kind of expert status. Um, that they felt that they needed to be seen sometimes as the experts in the room, even though their area of expertise is English language, um, not necessarily the content that goes with it. So in terms of strategies then, it's probably, well, unsurprising in some ways, but actually when I did the research, I was quite surprised that it overwhelmingly led to an avoidance mm. strategy. So teachers, very experienced teachers, uh, very confident teachers said that they often avoid topics um, that they think might be controversial. And that includes kind of everyday topics. So, you know, whatever is going on in the news at the time, which can be such a huge opener of kind of conversation. Um, but if they thought there was anything difficult there, that they did tend to avoid them. Yeah. And I mean, there are things I know when I, when I first looked at the, the um, comments, I thought, I can, I can really, I feel every one of those. And that, that kind of tells me that how, again, how socialised and institutionalised I've been coming into these kind of sanitised um, classrooms. But the interesting part was through the interviews, so this process of narrative inquiry, which is just a kind of more academic way of saying conversation, um, the teachers themselves on the whole discovered that those fears and assumptions that they had were mostly unfounded, that they didn't really have any um, reason to think like that. Um, and when they thought about it, they said, well, really, you know, when I asked them what the worst case scenario was or what was the worst experience that they'd had, they'd actually they'd said, oh, actually, you know, it was, it, it, it never really, you know, if, some, if, if a topic did come up, they'd say, oh, in the end, you know, if there was disagreement, they just agreed to disagree or maybe there was mild tension and quickly do over. But mostly it was more that it was positive experiences that, oh, it was actually really good to talk about that topic because, you know, it ended up breaking the ice and um, they talked about the elephant in the room quite a lot. And what they really found was that they kind of underestimated their learners. They underestimated their resilience and their ability to manage con conflict mm. and their emotional intelligence. And the facts that they were, the fact, I think, in some ways that they were mature adults with lived experiences yeah. as well. I know that's something that again and again and even now that underestimated I've underestimated responses of students and I think that underestimating is kind of um, you know not acknowledging that, that they have agency, they have autonomy, they're equal adults, you know they're resilient as well um, and you know I think this, this is about creating a safe space which we'll talk yeah. about towards the end. I mean well. it's all as well about um, it's all coming at all of this is from a good place mm -hmm. um, so it's all with and with all of these teachers it was really you know it was with their students best interests at heart that was that's what the concern was but what they found was that they had actually that there were these gaps and they had kind of missed out on, on things. So the implications briefly from a from a teacher education perspective was that really I mean in a nutshell it's that more and some teacher education is necessary because at the moment there isn't really any anywhere as far as as far as I know and I'll happily be corrected on that but they need it um, both pre-service and in-service so before they start teaching <clears throat> um, and you know as they're teaching as well in terms of professional development um, that more focus needs to be on transformative learning and on critical cultural awareness mm that they need practical support as well. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's a huge area. It's not something, again, that you can just easily just walk in and apply <clears> in the classroom. But I think if, if 
students and teachers are aware of transformative learning again i'm just on the start journey really learning about it um is that at least then you have a choice and you have an informed choice you know you, you're more empowered as a teacher you might feel a bit safer because you're informed about it and you have a choice then that you can negotiate and just classroom. equipped with more with mm. more tools and me as well like as, as a manager and as a um a teacher educator and when teachers come to me and you know depending on their experience and stuff like that you know i i would never say go in all guns blazing in into something that you're not comfortable with it's not about that it's just about um from for teacher educators as well or for managers at least knowing that you're um knowing that you can support teachers and for teachers to know that they'll have the support yeah managers that, as well. that's the key is the support for our isn't it mm. okay Onto your, onto okay. The, onto the fun stuff. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about the practice side. So, as I, Emma, Emma's project really kind of inspired me and um, got me really thinking about, you know, what what topics. Yeah, why don't I talk about those topics? Because, yeah, I think I think they're actually really important. So Emma, Emma really started me on that journey. Um, and then most recently, I've been involved um, from October in an Irish um, teaching and learning funded project uh, with. Three, uh, three different universities. Um, it's a social justice project, um, project, and it's looking at all disciplines. So we come from various different disciplines, and it's us reflecting on um, social justice. We're talking about here in this uh, talk about classroom, um, but it also, I think, is very important for us to question the inequalities that surround us in our systems um, as well that's important, and the invisible kind of inequalities that surround what we do. Um, that we may not be aware of. Um, what we're talking about here is the classroom. It, this website is a developing um, project and there's blogs and it, it's kind of a live ongoing project. But what, what, what you'll find is they've been amazing, they've put an amazing um, extensive list of social justice um, resources together. So this has been hugely influential. Um, and the question they asked us in the first blog, what's the purpose of education or what does higher education, I work in higher education context, what does that mean to you? And I thought, oh, you know what, I've not really had many conversations about what is the actual purpose. Um, and this quote, I was reading this book and this quote really summed it up, um, is, is it to perpetuate existing power structures and norms or equip students with the critical tools to question them? Now I know that's quite complex, but for me, and I'm still learning about what that really means, but again, it's, it's the kind of conforming. Is it to kind of be neutral and just not progress society by engaging critically with topics? Or is it, as it says, to equip um, students to, to question them and, and this idea of transformative um, learning hmm. is that. So very often, um, I think when, you know, imposing, I think, is we don't want to impose on um, our topics onto students. So we often, you know, often we negotiate topics with students to give them a bit of autonomy. And when we often ask them the topics that they want to cover, they might come up with things like, oh, food and, you know, the topics that we hear topics. all the time. Um, and so um, in every topic, really, you can kind of bring in a different, try out a different angle um, of a social justice issue. So business, uh, students are interested in business or professional life then you know discrimination in the workplace just introducing the idea is going to be crucial for anybody um, in their professional life travel you could bring in an element of immigration and it can be a step by step and see um, how the reactions 
um, go with that. Another thing to do as well is um, on a daily or a weekly basis or whatever it is, just have um, have a few minutes where it's, you know, talk about the news of the day or the news of the week oh. and, you know, what's going on in the world at the moment. And um, again, that can open all kinds of cans of, wor- cans of worms. But if you're, you know, equipped to kind of consciously deal with that, then yeah. it can be really... Um, really useful for, for everybody yeah. because it can be really practical as well for students. Yeah, getting them to look at news from their country, seeing the different perspectives yeah. and different, different angles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also representation. I think representation um, so is really kind of, we need to discuss it a bit more, the power of representation. Just personally, I mean, um, the TV, the US TV presenter, Ellen DeGeneres, um, I know there's been a bit of critique of her recently, but I mean, if somebody like Ellen had been on the TV when I was growing up, um, I might have felt very differently about myself and the way, you know, and who I was. Um, but nobody like her existed on TV when I was 12 years and 13 years old. So I think that representation is, is really, really important. Um, and just even talks, um, you know, Chamanda does some great talks, um, A Dangerous Single Story, and I've done some work with Grayson Perry. Um, on toxic masculinity and and some students are quite shocked to see the different um, identities that um, Grayson has um, but they've always been willing and, and interested to um, uh, to um, look at some of his artwork and what what Grayson is all about so representation is also very key um, just more recently when I say recently I mean like two weeks ago so since everything has been moved yeah, online online learning I had a a class I was I was covering, and they were they wanted business topics. I was told, so um, I know this is a whole different again teacher education of online. How do we do this as well as in the classroom? Because there's, there's going to be different you know feelings if you're doing it online and the students on their own and they've been on their own for a few weeks. Like it, yeah, it's very sensitive and we have to be very sensitive about it. Definitely. So I was watching this video um, and it's about being allies in the workplace. And I thought, oh, that word, word you know, is really important at the moment, allies. Um, and I started watching the video and it was about this woman's experience of sexism in the workplace. And it, it immediately um, in me, I was going, oh, but I have a student who comes from a certain context and community and it might be difficult for her, you know, to bring up this topic about women and, and, and I said to myself, okay, just, okay, but just go with it. It's, it's, it's talking about the workplace, just, just go with it. Um, and again, I underestimated and I felt bad for underestimating um, because at the end of the um, video, and we were speaking about it, she said, you know what, these topics are so important. They should be in every education system. They should be taught at a young age. And I just felt so bad that I'd underestimated this student and the context she comes from, because I probably have a single story, um, as Chamanda um, nicely presents in her TED talk. I had a single story and I still have those kind of prejudice in me and in institutionalized kind of ways of thinking. I think though it's it's it is important to be aware as well. I mean, you know, when you're going into a context of you're teaching online, it's a new group of students, students that you don't know. It it really is important to be aware of yeah. the things that could kind of the potential pitfalls and things like that. It's just not letting that stop you and knowing how to navigate it as well. I think when it does happen. Yeah, that's it. The sensitivity, the navigate, mm. and if you're not sure, then maybe you know. And just or, take time. Yeah, see how far you can go with it. And yeah. 
Um, and then did this week, I, I, I felt I had to bring up the topic of racism um, with my students because of the murder of George Floyd um, and Black Lives Matter. So I found a, a short, short video, um, some discussion questions about um, racism. And at the end of the session, two of the students did say that they felt that it was really important to discuss this because they're, they're watching about it. Some of them come from contexts where it's, you know, it's a part of their daily life. It's a part of where they, where they come from. Um, and they said that, that more, most importantly, that it was really um, important that they were equipped with language, that they had the language so they could, they could discuss these issues with their friends outside the classroom. For example, some of the a couple of students that were here still here in Ireland, um, that they, they 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 have experience of discussing these issues um, as well. So I just want to finish off with a, a project that I was involved in um, and at the University of Arts London on the foundation program, um, and. Um, it's yeah it was such a great project um and a great opportunity um to incorporate um transformative learning in the classroom and community so the i'm just going to take you through the project really um and i know that um joe you spoke previously she also has experience of this project we were working together as well the the first step of the project is that the students get the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Now, again, I know it might not be easy for certain groups, and it, it's, this is where it's very difficult, whether you're underestimating or not. But, it, you know, we can always find out what students think as well as they discuss with them. They had to discuss the different rights. They had to come up with examples for each one. They had to discuss human rights issue in their own country. And again, there's, we know that there has to be a little you know, some caution sensitivity towards that and listen to students. And, and, and I feel it's very important as well for students because often they want a language aim. Okay, how does this relate to language? So you could have, you know, for example, a bit of hedging in there, critical thinking might be, appears to be. The second step of the project was they had to select a human rights issue. Um, and again, you could have group discussion of suggesting agreeing and disagreeing. They had to then create a poster campaign for that issue. Um, and for example, they could, they, you could focus on language for engaging emotive language and they presented that campaign um, through the poster and again, you could have language for presentations. And then the final um, product was an exhibition. So the students produced a poster, as you can see on the left-hand side, um, and then it was open to the public at Amnesty International headquarters and we all went along um, and everybody had to vote on um, a poster that stood out for them. And as you can see, the poster was then chosen to be printed on t-shirt and were then sold online for charity. So, it, so it's a great idea of um, transformative learning, looking at critical issues. It's coming from the students um, in terms of what area they go into and choose. So they have a, they have a certain amount of um, agency autonomy there. And then it's for the community. It's giving back to the community um, no, like this, like this event is today. Um, so yeah, it really was a, a great um, mm. project there. Okay, so just to finish up, um, some, I guess, tips um, to avoid avoidance. Um, and on um, dealing with these topics in a sensitive way. So start off by um, allowing students to be cultural informants. So 
you know, don't um, feel the need to position yourself as the expert. Your expertise isn't every, um, everything that's going on in the world right now. Your expertise is, is English language and your expertise is, is also being the teacher and able to navigate that and able to na navigating, um, you know, um, having a certain amount of control over um, the, the conversation as well. Always, of course, encourage critical thinking. So always um, encourage questioning. Um, I think it's really important to be aware of your, your bias. Um, of course, teaching isn't neutral. Nothing is neutral. Um, we all come into everything with our preconceptions. Um, so I think it's really, really important to be aware of what your biases are, what your preconceptions are. And from there, you can kind of start making decisions on, okay, are you going to be very upfront about what your, what your opinion is on this? Um, or are you going to maybe share it later? Or are you going to not try not to share it at all? But I think it's important as well to be aware that if you, if you think that you're not sharing it in some shape or form, or if you think that students won't see it, they probably will because, you know, we're not, we're humans, we're not neutral. Um, so just and being aware of that and doing whichever way you're, you're approaching it, doing it consciously. And there is a school of thought that, you know, we're told to not, you know, not put your opinion forward as a teacher. I think that's also it. There is a school of thought that said it's very important to, to say what your stance is because, you know, it's hidden otherwise. There's a bit, could be a bit of a hidden agenda going on. And it can create a barrier um, rather than kind of flattening the hierarchy as well. Um, so really it's about challenging the ideas and not people but but again that comes from discussions with students and yourself and really how do we do that how do we kind of make sure that we're challenge, challenging ideas and not people and allowing space for multiple perspectives um making language aims clear so they can see that there is a language angle on that and ultimately creating a safe and brave space i think it's very important to create those rules negotiate those rules with students so what is a safe space what is a brave space? Um, I know that Melanie from Bounce English, Melanie Johnson, has been doing a lot of trauma mm. principles. So incorporating this kind of teacher education with trauma principles is very, very important. And I also presenting is Carolyn um, McKinnon, who is the founder of a um, educational um, organization for refugee and asylum seekers that I'm sure has a lot of, um, you know, um, knowledge around the area of you know creating safe and, and brave spaces and I think that's really key to this so thank you very much thank you very much um, everybody oh, thank God. you so much